guys. Welcome to another episode of the Newbie Sisters podcast. In today's episode, we spoke about Jackba, aka relocation through schooling. Um, in this episode, we spoke about pre-admission. Um, we spoke about visa application and we spoke about post-study visa uh, with regards to Canada versus UK. Um, enjoy! <laughs> everyone hi people what's been happening is everyone good yeah i, I hope, hope you've been good yeah i hope so as well um everything how have you been i've been okay there have been so many things happening around the world so i hope everyone is fine oh, yes i hope so as well i hope your family and friends are all good as well mm. um and you're also trying your best to protect your mental space and well-being you know because of everything that is happening and having those information all up in your face you know i hope everyone is protecting themselves as well yeah in the midst of the craziness out there yeah i'm i'm okay i'm all right i am i'm doing all right i'm doing okay how are you and you're the fine as well um mm. it's been it's not been too bad to be honest uh this the fact that it's like another day then another month almost gone and you know yeah, it's one of those true. things <laughs> yeah so when we're recording this it's um one more day to the end of february so yeah it's just like wait what two months gone out of 2022 wow wow hmm. boy it's all good all right well speaking about exciting things is that well as the months are going by or the days are going by it just means that our please birthdays... don't talk about this birthday again <laughs> guys i'm over this talk let's not do this please you can't be over. no it should be easy by now but anyways oh i did eight, I, I did the eight weeks countdown on podcast so i'm doing four weeks countdown so as of when we're recording this it's four weeks to my birthday i mean I'm excited. Are you sure it's not more than four weeks? No, it is four weeks. Hello. Oh, God. Okay. I wish you all the best with your excitement. Thank you. Maybe four <laughs> weeks and some days. So uh-huh. I'm going to, I'm not going to count the days extra. So I'm sticking with four okay, weeks. It's actually four weeks. You it's see yourself. Enough. You see. You see. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, guys, what we're going to be talking about today is the Jackba. Like, from the title of the um, episode, you kind of figure out like what we're discussing already. But we're discussing it from our perspective uh, because the Jackba way that we went through is through schooling. So, I'm going to be speaking to our experience with that and you'll be getting two separate experiences because hi yeah. to canada and and your life in the uk so you get to hear um you know our experience and and the journey from two yeah. different angles which is good you guys are getting like serious um interesting gist from guys us. we give you guys we give you things like yes premium information premium we- content you get <laughs> premium tea <laughs> so Honestly. you guys come on do the need for like rate share subscribe everything 
yeah share with people like i feel like it's it's a stingy behavior if you're listening and enjoying this podcast and you're not sharing with your friends and family like why like seriously why what do you have to gain if only he's enjoying the nice stuff and your friends are not like it's what do you guys say in your hangouts like in your with your friends how do you like what what are the topics you guys talk about you need to include the podcast really evergreen yeah like you guys need to add it to your discussion points <laughs> at this point <laughs> but um okay let's get straight into because i feel like it might be a long, long conversation episode, so, yeah um so um how would navigate this conversation is so we pick a topic um one of us will speak to um that topic as 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 it relates to their journey of japa and the, the other person oh, and goes, their location yeah yeah Exactly. So um, we'll start with pre-admission um, process, process and steps. Okay. So I'll let Enola just start, um, you know, how pre-admission process was like for her. Yeah, um, it was pretty straightforward for me in terms of, well, okay, if I'm being honest. Finding school, etc. Yeah, finding school wasn't even a hassle at all. I think the challenge that I experienced was I wanted to do a specific program and I didn't have the requirement for it. So I wanted to do industrial and organizational psychology. Can you hear that? Like, that's how deep this girl is. Okay, moving on. And the basic, the minimum requirement was to have a BSc in psychology, which I didn't have. Mm. And so I spent too long trying to make a justification, come up with this write-up as to why, you know, I have everything, you know, qualification-wise, maybe not just in psychology, and I should be taking or accepted into the program. And that just spanned too long. But once I was able to get clarity and realize that, girl, this plan that you have is not necessarily working but also realizing that there are alternate programs that I can do that also would give me the outcome that I wanted from industrial organizational psychology so it was just like okay I'm gonna switch so I would say in terms of pre-admission one of the important things to do is to go online I think Every university, not just I think, I know that every university has all of this information on the website. Yes, on their website. Yeah, they put the requirement, they put the um, what you should have, the grade level that you should get. Because not for some of those programs, you either have to have like a first or a two-one. Two-one. Yeah, some of them accept a two-two. So there's actually nothing else that you would need to find out that would not already be on the website website. in terms of identifying your qualification to get on a specific program so once I was able to realign myself um to focusing then on you know I'm just going to do strictly human resources it was very easy for me to find schools Mm -hmm. so it was then a question of what specific school am I going to go to yeah so am I going to find like I rank schools you know with those ones you also have to consider the tuition fee because mm-hmm. the higher you go on that ranking list the higher, the higher the, the school just... fees and by the way uk is pounds compared just convert <laughs> oh, pounds yes. to naira so you can imagine <laughs> yes and I, I guess it's probably the same way in canada where there's a big difference between home countries fee and international fees it is wide like it is very wide jesus yes, christ well. like i remember when i was in school myself and my friends were like we're almost sure that it's international graduate students um school fees that they're using to run the school because <laughs> honestly the gap between, I agree. between citizens and prs versus um international students is 
crazy. Um, Evergreen, please. You know, when you start to use all these acronyms that people are not, you know, necessarily conversant with, just please. Sorry, guys. So PR, I mean permanent residence. That's what yeah, I meant. Just for those that don't know. Just yeah, for those that that's don't cool. know. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, guys, disclaimer, we're not um we're not immigration experts. We oh, don't please. have license and all of that. <laughs> all that we're saying Thank is you for from that out our own perspective and our own journey. So we are not experts, we're not immigration experts, we're not educational consultants, etc. This is just our own journey and our own story. Yes, let's just yeah. put that out there before people start <laughs> as you mean yeah so um like i said once i was able to like change direction in terms of the program that i wanted to do finding schools wasn't difficult at all so i was going for like schools i kept on going like up on the league table and i think one of the interesting things i remember vividly that my brother had told me was okay so you want to go to this location where nobody would be able to come visit you <laughs> nobody would be able to come see you like i don't even know where you're going do you know how much you cost me to come all the way there etc and so what happens when you finish your program you didn't have to move cities because well wait, did see- your brother actually come to see in school all while all the while that yes well you're you're going to do your phd but during your master's did your brother come see you in school at all let's let's call him out if he didn't after why what although he didn't but you know his friends did so you have to give credit to that you know so okay it's about the same thing. okay yeah. because he was really you know it, it was really on this uh, matter of the school has to be close by it doesn't have to be far away like i he think was he was even you often he, he was even more bad about um or was more concerned about me going to a central location and in terms of i could and now see it after like taking his points into consideration. I now see that it makes sense. So if I had gone to somewhere up north where it would be very, very difficult, what would then happen is at the end of the program, I would then have to move down like to London, to Birmingham. And then in order for me to be able to have access like work, because you also have to think of like the commercial cities okay. where you'll be able to like get jobs. Right. At the end of the day, you eventually have to move at some move. point. Yeah. You get. So okay. you would, It'll be easier if you're already tested in a specific city where it's like easier for you to get access to those than going somewhere far. So now okay. I think these are things that you have to think about. If you are thinking about jackpine just for you just want to use school to jackpot, then me being the ranking of the school wouldn't necessarily matter so matter. much for you mm-hmm. because you have to think of the tuition, yeah. you know, all those matter as well. And then deciding on your location. So with a London, for example, which you have, you know, a lot of companies in there, you don't necessarily have to be in London. You can be on like outside of London. So you can go, for example, to top of my University of Hertfordshire, which is like very close to London, outside of London. You can go to Portsmouth. I think Portsmouth is also close to London, if I believe. Um, so you can think of those locations that are not far off from like central locations and also think of like the cost of the well tuition living expenses as well etc so that's how i was able to like make a decision on school and what i did the mistake that i also did was i left mine on like it was a last minute decision (laughs) literally so last minute it was like june i actually put in my application in june because no guys so if me my mouth are open i'm sure that i i had already applied before then yeah but the thing is 
remember that I was focusing on a specific program and mm-hmm. I had put in an application for like December of the previous year. Mm-hmm. So when I was getting those rejects, which I mean, they are clearly stated on the website, you need a BSc in psychology. But my dear friends, like, I must get this admission. You don't know what you're saying. Like, have you met me? Do you know what? Do you know what I'm capable of? You know, I was trying so hard to prove my points. Clearly, it wasn't working. Yeah. Uh, so I just kept on delaying, delaying, and then I just put in the application. But I was able to do that because I had gone through different application processes with schools. I had written, for example, pers- too, too many personal, personal statements, statements that you know it wasn't difficult at all to write another one. I'd written too many. I had all of my qualification ready. So I had like my transcript. I had my transcript with me, my degree certificate with me, all of those things that I would need to apply. I had that as well. So that is something that you have to think about. If, for example, your first degree was in a federal university in Nigeria, for example, you know, that process of getting some documents, specifically your transcripts, I don't know now if the process has improved or if it's now faster, but mm. I remember how much pain I went through and how I kept on going back and going back. I had to like pay the specific fee and then go to send a building to beg somebody to speak to somebody. It was Jeez. a whole lot of cajoling. My my opposite, like I don't, I didn't go through all of that. My dear, I did. <laughs> I definitely did. And so um, that helped me out. So, if you're doing this for the first time, you also have to recognize the time frame between, you know, putting in the application, getting a response back, and then planning for the visa application process. So I would usually advise if you want to go into a or begin your program in the fall of the next year, so you want to begin your program fall of 2023, then you can like start to explore and research on schools that you want from, to go to from now from now yeah find out the requirements what documents do you need or not do you need an english test it's so it's so funny that a lot of people wouldn't expect that uk schools for example will ask you to provide um english proficiency um evidence but these things happen and so it's like do they want you to write an ielts or TOEFL, or can you just present your um SSE results as evidence of having studied extensively in English, in English. and also communicating that the primary uh, language of communication and study is English. So these are things I have to consider because for some of those schools, you have to almost write like an email and go like do yes. like a back and forth to be able to have that waiver. So you have to consider that time frame as well. Then after that, putting together the, the application. Now for people that have not put in this application before it's quite a lot at first because first of all you're asking to write personal statements and you probably don't even know where to begin one thing that i usually tell anybody that will ask me is there's always the beauty about google and i'm so appreciative to everybody on the google team that formed that <laughs> i'm so thankful to you guys you god bless you on like, google <laughs> i swear so the first thing you can do is go on Google. You'll for sure find something that has Samples, been written. Templates. Yeah, sam- from different countries. Different, yes. Some university won't put samples and templates of what they expect from the personal statements online. Mm. So you can also find that as well. And then write up something. Then secondly, if you know someone, see, I'm sure that because of the exposure that we have, this is where you have to take advantage of social media. Because of yeah. the exposure that we have and access to social media, 
if you don't know someone personally within your circle that has gone for a master's program and i think i will be focused on someone that has done it very recently because of how how things are changing changing yeah quickly nowadays exactly so you can go on if you don't know somebody directly there's somebody that you know that knows somebody fine you don't even that's fine then go on linkedin LinkedIn. specific schools in the past year, I've had six people reach out to me on LinkedIn, you know, telling me, oh, they want to do these, they're coming to the same school as I am, you know, things like that. And it's very, I've, I'm always very help, help, um, happy to help you. Once you put out all the information that you want from me at once, don't start with, hi, hello, just put it out there and then I'll respond <laughs> to you. As, no, seriously, yeah. that's what works for me right now. Like all of the information, just write it there and, you know, not maybe not everybody will have the time to respond to you, but you just have to, Keep searching and keep finding out. Somebody will definitely respond. So once you come up with a draft, they can help you review it. And then you have that statement that you can then work on and tweak for other schools that you're looking to apply to. Um, I, I think another thing time, I was... I had, I had you and um, Adi Banjote. I have you people, English writers that helped who, me. Who, who reviewed mine? If I, I don't remember <laughs> now. I actually don't remember because I, I wrote a lot of personal statements. I, I definitely didn't read yours because no, it's it's not for me. Mm-mm. So um yeah, I don't remember reviewing mine. Then um I would also say that to ease out the process for UK schools, not every one of them, I think, is actually the top ranked ones that would ask you to pay an application fee to the best of my knowledge. Oh, I really? remember. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I don't remember um, many of them doing that. I think the reason why I didn't even apply to University of Birmingham at the time was, and this was because of a recommendation, everyone recommended, ah, you have to go to this guy, you have to go there. I was like, oh, fine, let's do this. <laughs> An application of me, I was like, Kenny, move on, spy somewhere else. Like, wow. She was so, she was so pissed. Like, yeah, so um, you have to check for that as well. And then, you know, take all of that into consideration then also identify when to put in the application so they are doing your research now doesn't mean that the platform for a fall 2023 entry will be open already the thing about starting now is that once it opens you can immediately put in the application for the uk as well first thing the earlier you apply the better your chances of getting a few waiver or a few discounts off of your tuition so i usually say like a 10 percent discount here on the tuition so oh. look for that as well look for ways to save money and look for that <laughs> and take advantage of that so what else am i leaving out of the application process i think that's that's really literally i know the process for mba is actually quite different but of i'm course, just talking about it would be like i'm talking MSc. about like a regular msc yeah so I think that's it. But I mean, ultimately, you have to start out with what do I want of this? If you're just looking for any school to go to for Jackpot, there are plenty of schools. Mm-hmm. I think then you just have to be considerate of the location, importantly, and the cost of tuition because you clearly don't want to run into debt after yeah. all of your earnings to pay back your tuition and living expenses. So I think admission process-wise, that's what works here in the UK. Okay, so for me, yeah, I the funny thing is I only applied to one school actually. It was only University of oh, Ottawa. Oh yes, I applied that, to. that's the only thing I thought. Yeah, actually, <laughs> I applied to only University of Ottawa, and yes, I did pay application fee. Um, I'm not sure of right now, but I remember the application fee at the time was hundred Canadian dollars. Okay. Um, 
So for me in choosing a school, I don't think I even did a lot in choosing a school. So um, if you want to jump on a street education route you want to do, there are some things you need to take note of, um, especially when it gets to the part of after school and you want to stay back, etc. So in Canada, there are too many schools, but there are some schools that are eligible for a postgraduate work permit. So if oh, you're... Really? Yeah. So oh, if you're... It is... So you, I know they call them designated learning institution mm-hmm. um, here, DLI or something like that. Um, so if you know that you want to stay back after school and you want to be eligible for a postgraduate work permit, then it's one of the things that you need to look out for. You need to be sure Definitely. that the school Definitely. you're applying to is part of the schools that are on that category. So once you check Where that can out, people find... Is there like a specific website people can go to find out? Honestly, to know more about um, any application to Canada, you would have to go to their website, which is, I think, CIC. You can just, in Google, just type in CIC um, or CIC space, study permits, designated learning institution, etc. You see info from there. Um, I believe that, like Anirna said, there's almost nothing that you won't be able to find online these days so yeah um most of the information or things that you need to prepare your documents for your application are on the school websites like they yeah. are there so um i applied to just one school it was university of ottawa i knew um ahead of time that i wanted to study something relating to environmental either environmental management or environmental science something uh, you know, relating to environmental management. But the funny thing was I found environmental engineering and I was like, well, I don't have an engineering background, but yeah. let me see. And this is, again, this is where it comes to the fact that you can find everything you need online. So I was like, you know what? Let me go through the courses that I will be taking or the Oh, yes, those are listed options on there as well. Yes. That I would take. And I looked through and was like, you know what? These are the kind of things that I'm actually interested in. But I guess it's just going to be the engineering aspect of things. And mm-hmm. I went through to see requirements. Okay, I don't have an engineering background. Are they still going to pick me? Like, is there a chance that I'll get an admission even though I don't have an engineering background? So those were part yeah. of things that I checked. And they would also have, like, and you mentioned, like, you know, the type of, um, you know, grade that you finished your undergrad with yes basically um, the minimum requirements minimum requirements is there i think at the time i think there was even like type of courses that you should have taken as well that that um that will show that you have a bit of like background and you Mm -hmm. can apply so i looked through i was like okay i had two courses relating to these etc and i was like okay cool you know what i can apply i knew as well on the website was there was a requirement for an english exam or if you can prove that you know you were thought in english uh, etc so i was like i wasn't ready to uh, write an english exam because i was like (laughs) hello like we speak english I was starting English. I I don't I don't want to have to pay and write an English exam. So I didn't write an English exam. You would think that the UK that colonized Nigeria, um, Nigeria would know that guys, this is what we speak. I'm not <laughs> too sure why you're asking me to provide evidence of like English proficiency. Like, yo, oh, oh my god. So I remember I put in my like 
I started to, and I finished, my undergraduate degree was from a private university in Nigeria. So getting my transcript wasn't an hassle at all. So (laughs) it wasn't, it wasn't at all. So I apply, um, I got my transcript and, um, it was a lot easier. And by the, as at the time, my my younger sister was still in school at the time she was schooling in the same uni. So she was able to help me pick it up. Um, and I was able to use that for my application, um, I submitted the application. I had to write like um, the statement of purpose, a statement of intent, or personal statements. Yeah, any of the three works. <laughs> um, so I wrote, and I'm not a good writer. Like I am not. Like I don't even know how I survived my master's degree because we. Another thing that was a shock when I moved here was the fact that we write a lot in school, like a (laughs) A lot lot of of essays, essays, (laughs) 10 papers, et cetera. And we didn't write that much in, in, um, in my undergrad back in Nigeria. So writing is is not my calling at all. So I knew I wrote so many drafts. I wrote and wrote and wrote. And I had Eniola who is a great writer. And then (laughs) my husband now as well is a, is a really good writer. So, they both were the ones that I sent my drafts to like, okay, guys, I've written these. Please let me proof read it. Let me know what I need to work on, etc. And I know before I started writing, I checked online as well. Like, what does this thing mean? And I think for my school that kind of like put like a summary of the kind of things they're expecting to okay, see yeah. mm-hmm. in, your, um, in your letter. So I took all of that in, read a bunch of like samples online as well to know how to start mine. So I put that together, got my, my goons to help me to proofread <laughs> it. And then we eventually had a final draft. And so I included that I had to pay admission fee. Like I mentioned, I remember at the time it was under Canadian dollars. So um, like Enola had said, it's very important that you check ahead of t- like, if you're checking, you need to know, okay, what, what um, semester do you want to start? So some, yes. some schools have or some courses or faculty have the options where you can start in fall. Some have the options that you can start in winter. Some, yes. they don't have two options. You can only start Just in one. fall or yeah. you can only start in winter. So if, you're not, if you don't know these things, you wouldn't know exactly when to start applying. You might think you have time and mm-hmm. you don't have time. Or you might assume that, oh, my course would most likely start in fall. And if you are expecting that and then you realize that, oh, they only take in for winter and you've missed, you know, the timeline, et cetera. So it's just very key to check on the website, like go to the faculty. You need to decide, like look at the institution, like everything you need is on the website, honestly. Like for instance, here in Canada, master's degree um, typically is two years. Um, There are some schools to which you can do it with three semesters so like my school you have an option you can do it with three semesters you just have to meet what does three semesters amount to in the calendar um so one semester would be from september so four semesters from like september to december yeah okay so like my school have four winter and summer semesters so right if you if you want to do all three if if you're faculty works like if they have courses available for summer because summer um, semester there are usually limited number of courses mm, um, available mm. so if you want to do straight like you don't want to have any break in between well I didn't do that I took summer off and wasn't in school 
like honestly you need a break <laughs> so um i had the option so for my faculty um i think i needed to finish i think 20 units <clears throat> was it uh i can't remember i did 10 courses in total but you just you find all of this information on the school website you find the tuition so you can know how much you'll be paid because the money thing was a factor for me as well like it was one of the reasons why i was like eh i'll do three semesters instead of four semesters don't worry mm. i'll squeeze mm. it in um and then another thing is you need to decide i don't know if this is an option in the uk but i know here in canada you can decide to apply for a cost-based master's degree or a thesis-based master's degree you know when evergreen was telling me about that i'm like okay girl like <laughs> that sounds alien to me but that seemed like a very good option i don't know about that yet <laughs> so that's the thing so that, here yeah. you can um i mean i can't say for that if it's available for all courses but i know that most of my friends and i they're, they're, we had options course-based or thesis-based so if you're someone that maybe you see yourself in academia you think you want to um, maybe do your phd at some point or you just enjoy research or you enjoy research fine you can do thesis-based um i was like i the funny thing was i applied for thesis-based actually and then they got back to me and were like oh the type of um research i'd kind of like identified that i would love to do they weren't able to find um a supervisor a professor to supervise me that would i mind a key, um a course-based option i was like yeah let's go for it like at the back of my mind i'm like we want to jackpot at the end of the day so okay if it is course-based you're willing to give me fine let's go for it so i then got the course-based but i was grateful that i did a course-based thesis because i'm sorry course-based masters because geez even course-based my darling husband went from me because i'm always sending voice notes ranting etc <laughs> and stuff especially for someone that didn't have an engineering background it would have been crazy yeah imagine. Um, so i know that that option is available um i can say for my school i can't say if for all their courses but it's something you can explore you can you know mm-hmm. read more which is why you should do your research early check everything read more kind of start planning when you start gathering your documents together yes. when you'll be submitting the application mm-hmm. um etc because the earlier you apply the the, the better your chances of getting the admission and you can start your visa application process yes that visa application process is important you have to leave enough time time exactly go through that visa application process but also putting your documents together because that's that requires and that time different from you know putting your application together or getting an admission that's yeah it's it's totally different and we know that for visa application um to canada like the processing time you can't exactly see if it's going to be like you get your response in like a month or not like they have a processing time line in bracket on their website so you need to know that you have that amount of time available like you don't want to be applying for your visa for a fall semester and you're applying in august like mm. oh yeah that's too close yeah that's too close so you need to have you know that buffer in between so it's just very good to do your research check this tuition compare tuition prices especially if you know that it's really just to jackpot like it's not it's nothing more make sure you compare tuition you definitely find some schools that are cheaper than others yeah even some programs cheaper than other programs yes so do all of that compare tuition start to get your documents together and then 
submit your um and then you can also explore scholarship options as well discount mm-hmm. options those ones usually for scholarships to the best of my knowledge usually a first in first out first in get a decision first um kind of way that it works so if you're able to put your application early and it's a fifo kind of situation then you're more likely to get a scholarship to which helps mm-hmm. you save like some money and then you can put that towards like your living expenses or you know paying up whatever is left on the tuition fee so yeah important as well in terms of the admission i would say that these things are fairly straightforward it might seem alien if you haven't tried it before and that's why you have to leave enough time to try it out now whatever decision you decide to make in terms of putting together your application is solely yours but i would generally say that you need no agents to do any of this because the information that the agents provide to you is the same one that is available on the online website i don't know that there's any agents that gets inside information i don't know if there's ever a thing as inside information when it comes to these things so i would say that you can do it yourself but ultimately it's your decision yes um for both of us we didn't use agents i think for me it was more like i was going through this application process all by myself i didn't have any extra money from anywhere to be paying an agent and for me it was also a thing of the fact that it's not 100 guaranteed that if i use an agent i'll get an admission and also mm. the fact that everything they are telling me is what i can find myself so oh, yeah. why should i pay someone to do what i can do by myself so it was it was more of that for me and those agency fees are not cheap they're a lot girl i've heard some fees and i'm like i can be an agent me honestly I'm doing agency work. <laughs> i can't do it fully 100 percent. i'll every if i even do a syllabus for you are you kidding uh-uh. honestly so <laughs> I mean, it's, it's up to you guys but it we is, is, did all is. our application and everything by ourselves being used an agent and well i've jackpot that's the summary <laughs> so yeah Yeah. um so moving from okay you've submitted your application etc you've gotten your admission letter now then so the next step would be applying for your visa so how was that for you um so with the uk now i have to say it things a few things have changed since when i submitted my application and what's happening right now so usually you get a in the UK, you get you are only able to apply for your visa when you have an unconditional offer. So unconditional offer means that you provided everything. Oh, something that we didn't mention when it comes to admission, your references. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's one thing that can cause a delay with the application because every other thing is within your control. control. Your referencing bit is not within it's your not. control. So one tip I would tell you is wherever you think that you're putting, let them know in advance Ahead. before yes. putting their information there that this thing is coming to you as it's coming. I need you to Please. do ASAP. Yes, yes. And confirm true. if they can. If they can't, find somebody Someone else that else. can because that's something that will put a delay to your application. That's so I think true. for me, um, my application was conditional and i kept following up with one referee it was just a pain and then it became unconditional so during my time unconditional after you get your unconditional offer then your university sends you um a confirmation of acceptance for study it's like a cast number that number is what you then put in your application so it's almost like a confirmation 
with the immigration UK immigration that you have an admission is from a school that is licensed that is a licensed student sponsor and you know they've given you an admission so you need that specific number now what that cast also does is that if after getting the application um, the admission I decide that I want to pay some amount of my tuition if for example I have um my tuition cost twenty thousand pounds and I decide that okay I want to pay like one thousand pounds then I have nineteen thousand pounds left yeah. that will be reflected on my cast to show that okay one thousand paid, paid of 19,000 is left to be paid. If I decide to pay all 19k off, it would also reflect As on the far. cast. No, no, no. Hey, what are you? You're undermining our audience. Guys, I apologize. I'm truly sorry. I'm apologizing for everyone. What do you mean? What okay, do you mean? Guys, it's true. It's true. No problem. She's, she's sorry. She didn't mean it that way. Mm. Uh, it's possible for you to have paid the 19,000. This is the only way that the UK immigration will know that, okay, this person has paid off this money and this is whatever is left so i'm going to go to the um proof of funds bit so, so now before you go to the proof of funds bit is mm-hmm. it is it compulsory to make um a percentage payment like make a certain payment for your um for your schooling or it is not or it's up to you it varies for from schools some will require you to pay a deposit to secure the space okay right and some wouldn't i think most investors typically will ask you to pay it might be a thousand pounds might be two thousand pounds just okay. to secure the space and that would also be reflected on your cash okay. so that now in terms of um for me um all i needed to do i think i got the cast number almost immediately but then with the uk you need to have your living expenses so the uk gives you like specific amounts or make an estimate of a specific amount that they would typically expect you to spend in nine months. They usually cap these living expenses to nine months. Okay. So for example, um, the living expenses for schools within London in London is 12,006 pounds. Okay. The living expenses for schools outside London is £9,207. That's what it wow. is now. It's increased. Whooping 3,000 pounds. Yeah, because cost of living in London is more expensive than every other place. So, guys, this is another thing. You need to weigh your options. If you're really just to Japa, you can look at all this living expense and make it. Exactly. £3,000. Convert that to Naira, please. Let's say before we even get into that. So, I mean, it's increased. It wasn't this expensive when I was applying, but it's increased now. And this is what it is, the living expenses. So, what happens is... If, for example, um, from your tuition, you've paid off all 20000 like I said, your cash will reflect that. Now, some universities provide student accommodation, right? Right. But it's, um, it's an independent body that is in charge of that, despite the fact that that accommodation is within, within the, the school. So in that situation, yeah, that amount would not be reflected on your cash because it wasn't paid to the university. School. It was paid to an independent body. So that is something that you have to think about. And why do you have to think about this? In your bank statements, you need to reflect everything that is left to be paid on your tuition plus your living expenses. If you've paid off all your tuition, then all you need to reflect on is living expenses. Living expense. 
whether or not you've paid for accommodation somewhere or you're living freely somewhere, it's not, it's not your business. <laughs> you just need to be able to show that you can. And this is one way to prove that you can take care of yourself. So, so my own mistake was, I, I believe I had paid off my tuition before I applied for visa. Oh, shit. Yes, yes. <laughs> but I had also then made a few payments for accommodation with the expectation of that amount reflecting on my cast. And I already put in the deduction of the tuition less the amount I'd paid on my accommodation accommodation. into my account. Mm -hmm. So say, for example, my living expense is £10,000. And and say I had paid £5,000 for accommodation. All that I had left in my bank statement was £5K. And then I was going to do research and find out that, girl, this process is not working. <laughs> so what that did was it delayed the process because what usually happens is within the UK, you need to have that money, that money in your account for 28 consecutive days. And that money cannot drop by one naira, irrespective wow. of the rates. It doesn't matter what that rate is. So mm-hmm. even if at the time when you put the money, the naira equivalent to your account, the rate was, say, 700 and during that 28 days, increase to 750. You're on your own. You, you are really wow. on your own. Yes. So that means it's better to have. So now, speaking More, because yes. of how um, the, the exchange rate flung to it, so it's better off to have extra. Extra, you have than to. putting the exact amount. You because... can't even put the exact amount because that's <laughs> that's the recipe for disaster, honestly. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> so you yeah, need to. dropping, you know, giving quality tips. Quality yeah. information. Hmm. So you need to take note of that. I would usually advise people. Um, so whether or not I would, I would say for me, taking lessons for me, don't even pay for accommodation yet. You can just pay maybe one K pounds or whatever it is to secure that space. So that you can have that other amount in your bank, bank statement. Account. Now, if you have the money, girl, pay accommodation, put ah. extra money. I can't, ah, that's fine. Just meet the requirements. Do you understand? So now in terms of, the bank statement. A lot of people tend to put it in their own account, which is the best one. This this is the easiest one. So mm-hmm. the, these guys don't want to know how you got the money because I usually think, how do you expect me to get this money? They don't want to know. You just need to be able to show that this money has been in your account for 28 consecutive days. And you will not- have days. Yes, oh. not even working days, 28 consecutive days. And not once during the 28 days can your balance be less than the required one, even by one error. So you need to take note of that. Now, some people also use their parents' account. Maybe their parents might not be trusting enough to transfer <laughs> that entire money to them. Some people might not even be their parents. Some people might not be, might be their uncle. Yeah. With a parent, it's more easier for you to prove yes. that that person is your parents. However, you need to check that the name on that... Yeah, statement is the same name as your, as your best best certificate all right right yeah because right. that's how you're able to prove your relation. relationship that's way, yeah so you have to check that those names are the same otherwise to make that document invalid the best one i tell people if that person can transfer the money to your account that's the best way it just saves you all that stress hmm. for some people they use like their siblings some people use like their uncles those ones are not acceptable Jeez. Yeah, no, because how do you prove that relationship? Yeah, yeah it's I'm more difficult to my the first uh, visa <laughs> application for me. <laughs> so that is even more difficult for you to to prove. So it's best for that money to be in your account. So whatever at the point in which you are putting together your application, 
you have to ensure that if you've paid any money to um, towards your tuition, you have to wait for the university to update that cash document, ah. send you a copy, just so that by the time you're applying, if there's a an incongruence between the amount that you have paid and what's reflected in the cash, it will affect, it will the, affect the, application. the application decision. So you need to take note of that as well. Um, also, the earliest time that you can... Um, you can apply, I believe it's about three months to your start date. So you need to take note of that as well. Now, the UK, I think, do you guys have a priority service in the in Canada? Nope. There's nothing like that. Good. <laughs> so we have a priority service. I remember I had to do super priority yeah. my time because I had wasted time trying to find school. Because time had, I had gone. Wasted time. In fact, you started, you, you resumed in school late, right? Yeah, like I did. It was, sec- those... it was second week of teaching when I got into see. school. So even if I'm someone that plans ahead, I'll just on one deadass program I've been there for god knows how long I just wasted time guys you don't want to do this because if you've applied early and you put in your application early you can just do the standard psychology (laughs) you can just put in the standard application and just wait except you don't like the waiting process and you have the money to pay for priority either the priority or the super priority that's fine you can, can you imagine there's even still super priority there is super we are we are bougie like that then also the 28 days will be counted from the date on the closing balance take note of that these dates cannot be more than 31 days old on the day of application wow so you have to take note of when you print out that statement mm. so you obviously it will have a start date and an end date, end date yeah then you also have to take consideration of when you put in your application everything just they has can't to be, align yes it has to these days are very important it's best for you to even uh, print out that um statement a few days before, before you submitting rather than leaving it for too long you know i of course, situation varies for different people, but you just have to ensure that it cannot be more than 20, 31 days old on the day of application. application. And the day of application is not when you open the portal and start the to day register. you click submit. Submit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the day of application. Then um for people that have scholarship, for example. Um, so for example, when for my PhD, because I had a scholarship, I didn't have to provide any bank statement. I just went because there. I mean. like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So if you have that document, you have to go with it as well. And that document has to show the total amount that um the scholarship, scholarship. covers. Mm-hmm. You know, it can't be anything less than. Um, also those statements or the loan statement has to be in your name as well. Now, in terms of exchange rates. I don't know if you use Oanda. We use the I use Oanda exchange rates converter to check, you know, the difference between you don't remember. I can't honestly, I can't remember. Oanda exchange rate to check pounds and naira. And like Evergreen said, you cannot, you can see you especially of your location, you know that things fluctuate, yeah. things happen, and usually it's beyond your control. But guess what? For 28 days, you can put in enough buffer that if Things just fluctuate way too crazy. You are still covered. You are still covered. So you need to take note of that. In terms of the amount that the money that you have to make arrangement for, before you, sub- you submit your UK application, you need to do a tuberculosis test. Um, 
Nigerian experience, you know, that is never straightforward. <laughs> so sometimes you call and call, it doesn't go through. Then you email, it doesn't go through. Trying to find an, an yeah, was appointment time, not the easiest. So oh, you need and to then plan. another thing with that, before you continue, um, analyze, are there specific or approved um, clinics or hospitals that you're supposed oh, yes. to take the test from? Yes, there so are. So don't you think need... that you just go to your usual hospital and do no. the test? no. No, no, no. There are specified ones. While I don't have that information with me, go on Google. You will definitely find that information as well. So check it. You need to do a tuberculosis test. You also need to pay the health surcharge, which is really based on the duration of your health surcharge. It's just like health insurance, right? You pay that in uh, advance. Really? That one is calculated based on the duration of your program. So some programs can be 12 months, some can be 18 months. That is calculated. In fact, you can, just for curiosity's sake, you can randomly just go on gov.uk and just check how much a health surcharge will be for your program. Mm. If you know the duration of what your program is going to be, just have a sense of it. And the application fee is £348 right now. Wow. Um, so you have to consider your application fee, your health surcharge, your tuberculosis, your um, proof of funds in the account, um, tuition. Or not. So you know, I gave the scenario of having paid part of your tuition. If you've not paid any tuition, say, for example, your tuition is £20,000 and your school is outside of London. So living expenses is £9,207. It means in your statements, you need to have a Naira equivalent of 20907 minimum. In fact, increase that to twenty. No, 20000 and the live expense, um, living the expenses living is 9000 Yes. So that's twenty nine. Yes. Just Kuku have 30000 <laughs> Exactly. A and minimum just, and add the buffer. Add exactly, the buffer, I would say. Just add the buffer sure. of exchange rate fluctuation in it. Mm-hmm. So maybe yes. like thirty-five thousand pounds. If you have the money, I've, your people can help you. Why not? So you need to have that money in your own accounts and then print out that statement, which you would then present alongside your application process. And uh, one last thing that I would say is during. <laughs> When I say during my time, I seem very old. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that was what you you left 2017. So it's been a while. So that was like five years ago, almost five years. Oh my years. god. Almost that five long? years. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> so during that time, I didn't have to do a visa interview. There was nothing like that. Um, it was just submit your application, put it all of the document, biometric, and then you get a decision. Now, by the time um, I think I was doing for the phd one there was now interview so what happens is when you're going for your biometric i haven't booked an appointment oh guys i'm sorry one last thing in nigeria now with uk uh, immigration tls pays requires you to pay some extra money you have to pay for application booking an appointment you have to pay for them to maybe scan your document so wow. I've talked about all of these things, but you need to make arrangement for TLS extra fees because Jeez. as part of the application process, take note of that, please. I think and so to had something like that. Mm, possibly. Because I, I don't think he's ever free with any of these guys. So um, there was now an interview. So the interview questions were pretty straightforward. If you put in your application together 
and you did your research, it shouldn't be a problem. There are basic things like where is your university located? What program are you doing? What's the duration? Why the university? What is your plan after studying? Now, guys, we all know that a lot of people, when they make these plans, never have the intention to go back. Some people do eventually, but a lot of people don't. Now, when they're asking you a question, about your plan for study you're not going to say there as you're going to stay there as the rest of you. no that's not, not going to be your response <laughs> don't try yeah. that oh don't don't do that people don't you have to talk about how you want to go and develop your own country how you want to use this skill you know to help improve certain situations <laughs> in your country however way you word that response that's fine but think about that as well and before i pass it on to evergreen the best place for you to find information about the questions that have been asked, the application process, what's happening with people, the waste time. If you're even looking for a community that of people that have applied and are waiting, just go on yeah. Naira Land and read all that thread. Just for example, in Naira Land, you can put UK students tier four visa. You'll find a lot of responses. There are people on there to provide every information first and that you yeah. need. Of course, I usually say when you get this information, you don't think you're 100% in. You have to also do your own research, compare yes. and contrast. You get. Yes, so sure. I think that's what it was. Visa application process was pretty more easy for me. Um, The good thing for me was that my brother had also schooled in the UK prior to me coming. So she had the expo. Guys. But let me tell you something. Well, my, my brother is such a weird person. My brother is the kind of person that you wouldn't go and meet without having done your own research. You can't just tell him what's this and he'd be like, have you checked? Have you, I mean, that kind of thing it can be so annoying, but yeah, that's what it does. And I remember the day that I, I did my application, it just stood up from, I think I used a laptop. We just stood up and said, okay, yeah, let me know when you're done. Like, bruv. You don't bruv. want to see what I'm doing. You don't want to stay with no. me. I don't even think he reviewed it, but oh it's my God. Good. we learn, oh, we move. <laughs> so yeah, that's what it was for me. Oh, right. So, I mean, it's a bit different for Canada. So first things, we don't have priority, say super priority and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Everybody, you're at the same level. You apply and you wait. So um, as a den, there are two, I don't know if it's still the same as of now, but as a den, there are two ways to apply. You can apply paper or you can apply online. So if they are as applying online, see, um, as a den, if you're applying paper routes, then you need to go to VFS. So the first application I had submitted, so I submitted twice. So the first application I had submitted, I did the paper route. Um, part of the things that you need um, for the application. So, I mean, from reading, like Elena said, I was reading on Nairland as well, just catching up on like people's experience, etc. And for me, it was a mix of, it was like good information and for someone like me that get really anxious about stuff, it also got me anxious about a lot of things like, oh, you read on there, like, oh, you need to have um home ties. You see so many like terms on there. Oh, You're just yeah, like, oh my God, one. how do I prove these? How do I prove that? You see people say, oh, for home, for them to prove that they're going to return back to Nigeria, they have to like show, you know, maybe business um registration, landed oh. document, etc. And I was, who am I? I didn't have... Um, any business registered i didn't have um a landed document or anything like that so i was a bit anxious on that part that oh my god how do i prove like really that i have things that tie me to my own country and etc because i can you not say even though at the back of your head you're like 
I almost likely don't want to return back. Like I want to stay back in this country that I'm going to school. You can't tell them that, oh, I'm coming to school in your country and I'm not going back to my own. Like, no, you can't. You have to prove that you're going to return. So mm-hmm. I remember part of the things that you that I'd submitted as well was you need to write another letter. So a totally different letter for admission mm-hmm. and then another one for your visa application. So um I had to write that and part of what that letter was supposed to entail is because we don't have an option of an interview. So that letter is pretty much you showing them as much as you can, like backing up everything that you've included in your application Application, and letting them know that you're going to like return back to your um, country afterwards. So you need to write something very convincing because Mm -hmm. you don't have an opportunity to actually sit with a visa officer and defend yourself. So you need to make your letter statement of intent or um, you have to make it as details as, po- as detailed as, as, as possible. So you can prove to them because this is what they would read. They're, they're not seeing mm-hmm. you. You don't have the option for them to see. You. So this is how you can convince them. So um, I, part of the things that I did, so there is an option. You need to do a medical test um for okay. your application so the medical the, test is our own tuberculosis test test so yeah. um i don't I, I don't know the details of what test like what kind of test it is but like um um for the uk as well they are they have specific hospitals so mm-hmm. online you you'll find these online they'll have list of hospitals or clinics that is approved that you can do a test so for canada um when you do the test there is so there are two ways to it you could either wait till they request for you to do a test or okay. you could do it upfront. But right. I was like, there's no point in me waiting. I'm going to do this regardless for this application. So you have an option to do it upfront. So if you do it I, upfront. I have to ask you, sorry to interject. So you did an application twice. Did you have to do the medical test twice? So I didn't get to do the application the second time because I think the okay. validity of the of your medical is up to a year, I think. Right. So the second time I was applying was still within a year. So I didn't redo the medicals. Um, okay. So... I did the application of uh, the medical test upfront. So when you do the medical test upfront, there is a document your clinic would give you because they're mm-hmm. not going to send that test to you, regardless whether it was upfront or you had, you did it after. Um, oh, yeah, you're not going to send it to you. So the hospitals have a portal to which they have registered on where they can send your um Result. your test results to um to the visa office so it'll right. give you a document that'll have like a number etc on it so that is how they'll be able to link your test to your application so i got that and included that in my application yes. another thing that i did as well up front which i believe if you didn't do it up front they would still ask for it is um police re- uh, pl- police clearance mm. so i was in lagos um I was able to get it done. I think he's it is somewhere in Ikoyi. Oh yes. Um, I'm trying to remember the area. I can't remember the name of the area, but I did a police clearance there as well, which I um attached to my application. And I did my application twice and I didn't get to do a second time as well. Oh okay. so when I did the paper route, like I mentioned, I had to go into VFS. So all the forms you fill it. You you have to take everything to VFS. As at the time, I don't think I needed to book an appointment to go into VFS, but I think now it might be different. I, I'm mm, not sure. So yeah. at the time you go in, they'll give you a token number. You just sit till it's your turn. And I got to do my biometrics. 
I think on the same day as well. I can't remember right now. So, but then um, part of the things that you need as well is like you have to put proof of funds, etc. And when I was doing my first application, my mom was out of the country and she had been out of the country for, I think, four or five months or so. So, and I think I wanted, my mom was going to be my sponsor. So it was weird because and our account wasn't functioning. Like she wasn't using an yes. account and I couldn't use an account. I didn't have that type of money in my account. Like, so, so what was, type of money are we talking about? So unlike the way it is for UK where there's like, you know, living expense, a certain amount, etc. Mm-hmm. There wasn't anything like that at the time. I don't know if it's now a thing, but we didn't have anything like that. So, but you need to be able to pull a decent amount to show that, okay, you can afford your tuition based off of... What's a decent amount? I honestly can't say. I'm trying to remember how much my tuition was at the time because it increased. I think it was for a term, which is a semester, was like, I think, a thousand Canadian dollars. Okay. Yeah. So I'd... So I spoke to my mom and because of time, I wanted to like submit my application. I think the processing time at the time was, I think maybe four to six months or so. So I wanted to submit my application and just, you know, get it done with. And my mom was like, I couldn't use my mom's account. So I got one of um, my mom's um, now uncle, I would yeah, say. Yeah, because I remember it was an uncle. Yeah. yeah. Um. So she was able to convince, you know, a brother and, and I got the... um um statement of like i guess a bank statement and he also wrote a letter saying okay you know what um i'll be sponsoring etc and i took all of that to vfs and made my submission right so i submitted my application and i was just waiting catching mm-hmm. up on stuff on Ireland, how people are going but i was still anxious because i was just like oh my god i don't have landed document in there i don't know if mm. i'm going to get it so when you're reading these things some of it might get you a bit anxious that you need to yeah get a lot of things but just do what works for you make sure that you've put in as much as possible to you prove. know what yeah as much as possible i would tell you just put enough for them to not ask for more information but don't put too much that too make much. them question question you altogether exactly so that one i'll be very conscious of. Strike so a balance you have to I know for, for Canada, it's not as straightforward as it is for the UK. But for the UK, it's as straightforward as it can be. They want A, B, C, D, E. Put A, B, C, D, E. Don't, don't put what they did send you. Or don't put A, B, C, D. And then start to curse them for not giving me a visa because it left out E. It's as straightforward as that. So you need yeah. to read those specific information. And like Evergreen said, some information on Naira land. You know what? You just have to be able to use your discretion and intuition to identify yes. which one is very bogus and which one makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I did the application. I submitted it and moved on. And the funny thing was they got back to me really quickly, like beyond mm-hmm. like my imagination. Like I expected it was going to take at least four months or so. And they got back to me, I think, within two months. And mm. my application was declined. I was so was devastated. It was denied. I was so devastated. I was so sad. Like, you know how remember. you have plans. Like, okay, <laughs> I'm leaving it at this time. Like, you've already started imagining yourself and stuff. And another thing is, yes, like, and you know, I mentioned some schools who have um, accommodation option. It was one of the things that I checked as well. I looked at the cost of 
accommodation in school and it was crazy expensive and i think you have to pay everything up front mm. like for the old term and i was just like um i think i would rather stay off like outside of school and be able yeah. to pay on a monthly basis so i that was how i made my decision i was like i'm not going to pay for school accommodation i'll just try and get somewhere not too far from school so um they got back to me and said okay and when you get your letter for refusal they would kind of like tick a box as to which one of the reasons the reason okay um to which mm-hmm. they they refused you or denied you of the visa and it was it had to do with financial reasons and mm. even because the statement of account I had used had more than enough like way way more than enough i think to be fair i get their reason that's why it's even yeah. for those in the uk that choose to use an uncle's account they never accept it because how would I prove that this person loves me enough to be able to give me this Honestly, amount of money? I it's was upset that believe. that was it. Like that mm-hmm. was it. Cause I was like, no, they can't deny me. Like I remember I, 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 I told my husband now at the time and I was so upset with what I was saying. It was just like, I mean, put yourself in the visa officer's shoes. Like, <laughs> are they sure that this, your uncle is really good? Like what if after yes. one semester, the person is like, it's I'm like, not paying yeah. again. Like what's going mm-hmm. to happen that? I was, I was so sad. I cried. I was like, okay, you know what? I was like, I'm going to reapply. You at some point said you're not going to do it again. At some point you said you were done. I remember I said, I'm done. I'm just doing it again. Yeah. Oh my God. But Girl, the good thing was I reapplied in good time because they got yes. back to, so I applied for the first application with like, with so much way buffer early. of time, way like ahead of time. So I was like, okay, I think they had gotten back to me sometime in June. And I was like, okay, if they were able to respond to me within a month or two, let me reapply and then I should still be able to make it for September. In my new application, I'll reference the one I'd done before and speak yes. to you. But the good thing was my mom was now back in country. So mm-hmm. I could use her account. I was like, okay, you know what? It looks like maybe the sponsor aspect was where they had an issue. So I was like, okay, my mom will not drop me halfway. She, we have an argument. <laughs> I mean, it can happen, but it can. You, know, you wouldn't expect that. Yeah, situation. so I was like, okay, I'll use my mom's. So I reapplied and... um now the waiting game started i was hoping it would get mm. back to me i was still really expectant or hopeful that i was going to start in september and september passed nothing i was already upset i was like oh my god i don't know when this is. <laughs> and that's the thing we kind of application is the wait game like there's no way you can know more even if you just, just i don't just know how you just have do. to wait like you just I have to wait when they get back to you um, but when I applied the second time, I applied online because I would like I was like I don't think I want to do all the stress of printing out forms, taking it mm. to VFS. So I just reapplied um, online. And the thing is, when you apply via paper, honestly, you can still track your applications online. So you need to after you get an application number, you can link an, your application to an account on okay. Canada Immigration website. So which was what I did at some point after I submitted the paper application. So for the um, online application, which was the second one, I used my mom's um, account, um, et cetera, submitted my application. That was so September, October, November went by, nothing from them. And so I remember it was, I think, November ending or December, early December, they then got back to me to be like, oh, you know, your your admission has expired because I mean, I was supposed to start in September. And I'd reached out to the school to see if I could like... um, What's the word now? If Extend I, or to defy admission? Defy my admission, yes. If I could defy my admission, the squad said, oh no, you can't, they don't defy admission that if I've missed that admission, 
then it means that I have to reapply at some point. So deferment was not an option for, for the school. So I was like, okay, cool. So Canada Immigration then got back to me sometime in November or so and said, oh, um, your admission had expired. For us to continue mm-hmm. your application, you need a new, you need to upload a new admission letter. So I reached back to the school. Okay, I need a new application. It looks like that, but blah, 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 blah. And the school is like, oh, you have to submit a brand new application. And I was just Damn. like, gosh, are you guys kidding? But what they then said to me was because I'd been given an admission before in the past. Like I mm-hmm. wouldn't need to put as much info like I did the first time, but for them to review it again, etc., and, and also it wouldn't take as long as someone submitting yes, a new get application a to get a mm-hmm. decision. Um, and then I, I remember Canada Immigration had given me I think thirty days, so I communicated this to the school, and she's like, "They are not sure they can get back to me within thirty days." So I'm here, like, "Oh my god, what am I going to do?" Etc. I was like, "Okay, they weren't sure if they'll get back to me, but there's a chance they might." But I was just like, "I don't know if they will." Mm-hmm. So I got the school to send me an email letting me know that it might take more than thirty days to get an admission. Mm-hmm. So I have that in writing just in case they're not able to. They don't get back to you within that period. Which was the case. They didn't get back to me until sometime in January with the admission. So when the deadline for me to submit a new admission came, I had to write a letter to upload. I attached a copy of um, the the email from the email from the school and everything to show that I'm working on this. The school is going to give me this admission. It's just not. I just couldn't get it as of this deadline. So I submitted that and I was just hopeful that, okay, maybe whenever I get it, they will still approve the application. School got back to me and then um, I had to submit. So they called it a web form. So I submitted a web form on Canada Immigration website saying I had additional documents available. I now have the admission letter, et cetera. And they got back to me within, I think, two days. At that time, there wasn't COVID. So things were... yeah. We're fast, fairly, we're moving seamlessly, exactly. It was a lot better than now. So they got back to me to say, okay, now you can upload your documents into you know in your portal or your profile, which I did. And then I think well, like in a week or two, yeah. they got back to me and my request visa was uh, did yeah, you already I, submit your passport? Oh, no, you so for you? paper, uh-huh. if you're submitting paper, you will submit your passport, which which honestly, I don't know why anybody would want to drop their passport for for that months. long like you're not even sure if you would need your passport for something so honestly i would recommend doing the online route so when um they got back to me requested for my passport which was like okay good sign so i then had to go drop my passport at vfs so my application got approved so i think i was i did my medical upfront i got police clearance upfront, upfront. I, like i i didn't want to wait or give them like I gave them all that I could give them from the mm-hmm. beginning so that there isn't so much of back and forth. Wait time. Yeah, yes. wait time. So if you can do the medical upfront, please just do it. You have to do it for them to f- complete your application. So you might as anyway, well do yeah. it um, upfront. Um, so yeah, I I got info from Naraland as well. I know there is another website called Canada Visa on okay. there as well, if you search, you would find different type of like forums to which people are talking about the application process, etc. So you can read that. I think mm-hmm. one of the things that it gave me after I submitted my application was it gave me a feeling of, okay, I'm not in this alone. There are other people yeah. also waiting. Like that it's helps not just as well. Me. 
Mm-hmm. It helps to make you feel like okay, you're not in it alone. Other people are also waiting because a lot of people on there will put in the specific day they applied, applied. what they've done so far, their waiting time. So it's almost like a community of people yeah. that are going through the same process together. So that definitely helps. Besides, like the information bit, yeah. So yeah. um, I think one of the lessons that we can think from both our visa application process is starting early because yes. everyone's ability to be able to put in a second application and to get all of those additional documents was because she applied early on. If yeah. you had done the paper based one close to um, your resumption date and it was almost difficult or impossible for you to then get a new one or a new admission from the school, it would have been very difficult or even thrown you off the entire process yeah. entirely. So that's important. And if you want to save money from the UK, I've told you, if you want to save money on priority, save money on tuition, save money on <laughs> apply early. Because I was going to ask that the priority, does the priority means you get approved or no? Okay, so let me say. So first one, by the time I put in the application, it was first week. Was it induction week or first week of teaching? So I did, I had to do super. My brother was just like, go, just do this now. Let's move on. So um, I did it. I submitted my application on a Friday because I had to wait for the 28 days. I had to do the 28 days again Again. because of the expiration I gave. So I had to wait until that day was complete, printed out the statements, then put in the application on Friday. Monday was a public holiday, so there was nothing that was going to happen. On Tuesday, I got email to come and pick up my passport on Wednesday. So my visa was ready on Wednesday. Yes, super does the super he really does it (laughs) we don't have that here in canada like everybody like you are treated at the same like it's normal there's no priority for anything anything whatever but (laughs) if you're applying for canada i just need to let you know that you need to know that you you most likely need to wait like it's a patient and wait game so it is um it's bonus is why just apply way ahead of time so that mm-hmm. you're not now extra anxious because you're supposed to resume next month and you're just applying now so get that yeah. buffer in but yeah we didn't use agent like we mentioned um, oh no i yeah, didn't yeah we, we there's no way my it? brother would have let me use an agent <laughs> yeah i couldn't no afford way. it i was like what i couldn't afford it then you're now like it's not as if i pay you I'm going to mm. is confirm that okay, I um, get my visa approved. The thing so is what's that, the point? When I heard about the agent thing before I started doing my all my visa applications myself, I used to think that okay, these guys would all you need to do is give them everything and they just give you back your passport. I didn't even think about like the biometric base because they're not gonna go into that into the um application visa application with you you go mm-hmm. yourself yeah. do your biometric yourself whatever questions you ask you answer whatever document they require you present so yeah. that's just is all they do is to apply for you online and which you can do is, yourself all the things that they are imputing in the application they're most like like the forms they will still ask you for the info like exactly the info so, that you have like if you're the one that will provide the info, you might as well fill the forms yourself mm, and do your application yeah. yourself. I mean, it's not like we're shading agents, but I'm not. So I mean, if <laughs> I'm definitely, I'm just saying like that. Those are ways you can save money. Yeah. And then the learnings from this. Ever gonna apply the first time? Didn't get it. She identified what the issue was. She's learned from it. She's able to give someone else advice on how to do things better. You just, I see that as a learning experience. Generally, yeah. you understand. So, yeah, that's it. Um, yeah. I think the third. Do you have anything else to talk about? In terms no, of I was going to say okay, we can move to the post. Um, <laughs> the school. third one is the post study 
um, application process. So we've talked about getting admission. We've talked about putting your visa, visa application process. And this is just for you to get into school. So you get into school, you get settled, you meet friends, you start your program. That goes on for as long as it's supposed to go on for. And then you have to think about staying back if you intend to in the specific country that you've gone for school. So that's the third part I'm going to cover. Now, um, Evergreen, what's that like in the UK? Sorry, in Canada. I was going to say, hello. <laughs> Who is between the UK, my dear? Um, so, like, like I mentioned at the very beginning that you, part of the things you need to look out for when you're choosing a school is to ensure that your school is on a list of schools that are eligible for you to get postgraduate work permits. So the way it works um, is if you do... Um, and 18 to 24 months of um of education um or your degree um requires um 18 to 24 months you are qualified or you're eligible for a three-year postgraduate work permit when you finish so it doesn't mean that oh yeah you finished and then they automatically give you that postgraduate work postgraduate work permit you have to apply for it so the moment you're done with school you don't even have to wait till your graduation the moment you get your final result and you've met you know all the all the requirements for graduation you know you've met them you can actually apply without waiting for your actual graduation so you need to get a letter from school saying um completion of studies letter um you need your transcript i was able to get that an official transcript. i was able to get that from school from my school i just applied picked it up in school mm-hmm. um and then you can apply for it. I can't remember the other document, but I know for a fact you need a transcript and that completion of studies later because mm-hmm. how do they know you finished school? Yeah. If you don't include those things. So when you apply for it, another thing to note as well is um, even though you're eligible or you qualify for a three years postgraduate work permit, the way it works is they won't give you um, um, a, a work permit that that the expiration is earlier than hmm, wait let me rephrase that (laughs) (laughs) so depending on your your passport expiration date so even if you're eligible for three years if your passport expiration um is less than three years they would only give you up to that that expiration date so some people might renew their passport before so i didn't and my first postgraduate work permit was less than three years. It was like a year and some months because my passport was expiring um, within a year and month since, um, from when I got approved for. So if you have longer period on your um, passport expiration, good for you, then you will need to apply for an extension, which I had to do. Um, but you're eligible for three years uh, postgraduate um, work permit. And the thing is, within that three years, if you get a job, and you work um, on that job for up to a year, and I mean a professional job. So they call they have knock codes. So if your um, job is between knock A and B, which are pretty pretty much like a professional job experience thing, after one year of doing of doing the job, you are qualified for uh, Canadian experience class. Okay. Of, the form of permanent residency um, right. pathway. So you can apply with that. You need to get, you know, a letter from your workplace saying you've been working for a year, do states like your duties, your income, et cetera. And then you can apply for work permits. The good thing with, if you come in as a student um, mm-hmm. and then, because after 
um, after being a permanent resident for a certain time, you get qualified to apply for citizenship in Canada. So if you school in Canada, when you have, you get your permanent residency, after two years of being in Canada as a permanent resident, and I mean, they ca- you have to count the days. So if you travel in between and you're out of the country, you will have to deduct those days. So you have to have been here for two years and then you qualify to apply for citizenship. However, if you come in directly into the country as a permanent resident, then you have to wait three years to qualify mm. for um citizenship so i mean it was a, it's a good thing that they did for international graduation because after paying all these thousands and thousands of dollars like there has to be a difference um so those are the, the that's like you know the progression of like how you can um end up like becoming a citizen a permanent resident in canada if mm. you move here um as an international student yeah, I guess that's why a lot of people are fighting to go to canada because of how easy it is i mean it's, it's, it's straightforward like you know okay, because that. of how straightforward it is more like yeah so now with the uk um you can after your study apply switch from a student's visa to a graduate visa and this is valid for two years and you have to be in the uk when you apply usually the best thing for you to do is to apply as soon as you get confirmation from your university that you have completed your program so you don't even have to wait until your graduation ceremony until or you until you receive your certificates as soon as you've you're done you get a notification so maybe for example when your transcript is ready your entire thing is you can get a confirmation from your university that you're done and then put in that application together for the to switch from student to graduate now the application fee for that is 700 pounds and then you also have to pay like the health surcharge again per year and based on my oh, research wow. it's 624 pounds per year for the health surcharge as a worker as even though um as a worker a temporary resident if i'm working i can get my health card and I mean, health is, well, don't let me say it's 100% free, but you're not paying health insurance. If you're working mm-hmm. for a good company, you can get even health benefits in there as well. But the typical, I want to see the doctor, et cetera, is covered through the uh, provincial ed, um, health insurance. Maybe people should be going to Canada at this point. <laughs> 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 then um, after you pay the application and then you provide all this, I think just the confirmation of, having completed your study then um your visa starts from the day your application is approved so it doesn't start from the day you get back your passport you get your visa it gets it starts from the day it is approved on that specific document so you have to think about that now one thing that you have to be aware of let me say it loudly mm-hmm. one thing that you have to think about when you're coming to the uk let's speak facts to ourselves you cannot extend your student visa you cannot extend now you can switch to another visa but you cannot extend your not your student your graduate you can't extend that graduate visa so after that two years if you have not switched your student to another visa sorry if you don't switch for example to a tf tier two which is a skilled worker visa or something else then you have to start to make your plans to, to go back to your country or wherever else you want to go to. <laughs> so you need to think about that. No, but it's, those- it's the same here. So you can't extend your postgraduate work permits. Like you can only apply for it once. Like if you've applied for it and you've gotten that three years, that's it. If you don't get a 
professional work, um, one year work experience within that three years and apply for your PR and get your PR within that three years, then you have to leave. Like, oh, I didn't know that. No, but I mean, three years is expected that you should at least would have, but it's not easy. Don't let me even lie. It's hey, not easy hey. to get this professional job. Exactly. It's really, really not easy, but the expectation is, ah, you would have found a job, you'd have gotten one year of experience within that three years and you would have applied for your PR and gotten it. The difference between the UK and Canada when you talk about this experience that all you need to get is a professional job, whatever that professional job yeah, is. Yeah, it's a, it's a professional job. To switch job. from a graduate visa to a skilled worker visa is that the company that you're working for is now going to sponsor, sponsor you. you. Yeah, so that's oh, wow. the difference. Now, the thing is, once you have a job with a company that has a certificate of sponsorship, then you switch to that skilled worker visa, which is also known as a tier two visa, and it can be on that one for five years, as long as you remain employed for five years. So if the company you were working for, the company that sponsored your visa, um ask you to like go, like they're letting you go, what happens? You have to quickly find another one. Hey. I think you have to quickly find another one in 60 days. 60 to one, 60 days, I think. Or oh, is it one in six days? But to get another one. Otherwise, your visa is at risk. So you have to think about that. The good thing now is if you remain good, you know, you're all right. After that five years, you can apply for indefinite leave to remain. Meaning that... Imagine five years. By well, that time, you have become PR in Canada. You're almost even qualified for a citizenship, guys. So you have to decide where you want to pitch your tent. But let's say the truth. After the five years, you can apply for indefinite leave to remain. And after that, apply for your passport. Um, so I think these are all the information that, to the best of our knowledge, we can provide. Yeah. So whatever decision that you have to make in terms of country that you want to go, in terms of your plan post-study or what you want to do afterwards. These are things that you have to think about early on, plan in advance and, you know, put all of these things in place. This is just the school pathway to jack buying. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I just remember something, guys, is when you get the postgraduate work permit in Canada, it's a document. It's like, it's a paper document for you to, and you can't use that to travel. So if you want to travel, cause your study permit and your study visa would expire on the same date. So you can't travel if you have a postgraduate work permit. And if you leave, you won't be able to enter. That's it. So mm. after you get your postgraduate work permit, you need to apply for a temporary resident visa um, that would then be in your passport so when you travel mm, you can okay. come in so it's totally different from the study permit so for the study permit when you get approved in nigeria or your country you have the visa stamped in your passport and it's when you arrive in canada that you get the actual study permit document but once you're in canada and you apply for that postgraduate work permit you only get that work permit and then you need mm. to apply for um, a temporary resident visa for you to travel so that's another thing to know so once you get the postgraduate work permit apply for your temporary resident visa as well they won't give you a visa longer that extends more than your passport expiration date so all of that to need to um, put into um, consideration but this is you know our journey on Jagba education route giving yeah. you know our own story of how it worked for us so 
we hope that you are able to like pick one or two things learned yeah and you'll be able to make decision is it canada way or you is it uk way <laughs> let us know in the comments which one yes. sounds more appealing which one are yes. you like considering which one have you done before and you feel like okay that makes more sense or are you mm. were you probably um, previously team UK I think um Canada is the way oh. yeah oh, yes. Canada code is too much I beg I'm going the UK way <laughs> we are in Canada oh. we're surviving it's cold but I hear you <laughs> <laughs> I don't know y'all are dealing with that cold but all the best fam <laughs> so let us know if you have friends that are also in this process because we know that this is something that is happening rampantly right now you feel free to share with them you know yes. Ultimately, we have said we are not experts, so we can advise it to the best of our knowledge. Um, some of this information may have changed from when we did it. You need to also check and be updated as to the new information and the changes. Yeah. A lot of things have also changed post-COVID, so you need to take note of those as well. Right. But um, ultimately, you know, while your newbie sisters, we've got you, we've so got if you feel like you need help um we'll do the best that we can our <laughs> email is there in our bio you can email yeah. us or you can send dms um mm-hmm. you know we'll, we'll give our two cents and we will we yeah, will but... and also educational let, let, us, let us not just say two cents you know what intellectual yeah. so we'll give you we'll those, try. yeah advice those intellectual guidance so yeah. don't worry we've got you guys we, yeah we definitely yeah definitely um thank you guys for listening don't forget to like share um, rate rate yeah rate on all the platforms that you're listening from yeah thanks guys thank you i'll catch you in the next episode as usual bye bye